0: I want to talk about, obviously, we're celebrating uh, our nation's Independence Day, and uh, we're reminded as we do that, the freedom, as we saw on the screen here a while ago, that has always been those freedoms and liberties always have had a place in the heart of mankind to be free. It's the desire to be free from tyranny, oppression that has caused millions upon millions of people to uproot their lives, their families, uh, and make the way to this country and uh, to want to live a better life than what they had wherever they came from. Why do they do that? I'll tell you why. Because we, I believe, personally live in the greatest country on the face uh, of the earth, here in the United States of uh, America yes we understand uh, we are not perfect but there's only one perfect uh, and that is Jesus Christ all the rest of us have flaws uh, we have our shortcomings and that holds true also for our nation but yet uh, when you compare that to the wonderful things uh, that this country has to offer to those who come, uh, cannot be compared. Uh, We value uh, the freedoms and liberties that we have uh, as the people uh, here uh, as uh, uh, Americans. We appreciate that. And through our nation's history, throughout the the history of our, our country, freedom and liberty has always been something that men and women were willing to sacrifice for and to die for. Why? Because there can be no freedom without sacrifice. That's part and parcel of being free and having liberty. There must be a sacrifice made. And that's where our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Comes into the picture. Because people all over the world, people in this nation, people in our neighborhoods, people uh, in our families are looking to answers for life's problems and uh, heartaches. Why? Because they want to be set free from those things that bind them, that bring fear into their lives, that cause them despair and uh, heartache. Uh, They want to be free from the sin, from the oppression, the infirmity, the spiritual bondage that they find themselves in. In the book of Romans in chapter 8 and verse 21, the apostle Paul writes and he says these words and it deals with freedom and liberty. He says that creation itself would one day be set free from its bondage to decay and would share in the glorious freedom of the children of God. God intended for the children of God not to be in bondage, into fear, and to be captivated by strongholds, but to be liberated and to be free. We are the children of God. Here this morning, and it's God's purpose for sending His Son, Jesus Christ, uh, that we would experience uh, that freedom every single day in our lives. And as people are searching, as people are looking, and they're wanting answers to life's problems and how to be set free, we need to understand that first and foremost, the message needs to be given that only true freedom is can be found in Jesus Christ. True and lasting freedom can be found in Jesus Christ. And we need to understand that for you and I as Christians. Not only as Christians, but yes, even our nation. We know what happens. When a person who has found freedom and liberty through God's word and applied the word of God in their lives uh, and the principles of God's word in their lives, there is freedom, there is peace, uh, there is fruitfulness, there are blessings uh, that abound in that person's life. But when that person leaves Christ and they walk away from the Word of God and the truth and the principles of God's Word, we understand that the Word of God tells us uh, that now that person goes back uh, into uh, the bondage, uh, into the the struggles uh, and the sin and the strongholds uh, that once had them bound simply because they have walked away from the freedom in Christ. And people ask and wonder why when we look at our nation, the struggles that we're going through, the the inadequacies that we sense uh, in our nation, uh, what seems to be the problem. And they point to this and they point to that and this thing and that and the other thing. But I want to tell you what the problem is. Uh, When our nation walks away from the word of God, when our nation walks away from the principles of God's truth and God's word, what do we expect to happen? The same thing. That happens to a person, happens to a nation. And what we need to do is to make sure that we as Christians uh, uh, understand the importance of getting uh, the word of truth out and let people know that true freedom only comes uh, through the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And in the word of God, in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 4 and in verse 16... Jesus has just left Galilee, and uh, the power of God was upon his life, and miracles took place, and he was teaching. And now he comes into a place called Nazareth, his hometown, where he had been brought up, and it's on the Sabbath day. He goes into the synagogue, and uh, he got the scrolls of God's Word, and he unfolded them and began to speak. The word of God from those scrolls. And in verse 18 it says, uh, He read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so Jesus came into the synagogue, and he spoke to them, and he, and, and, and as he was speaking to them, he was telling them that today, these scriptures uh, that I'm reading are being fulfilled uh, through his life. And uh, as we read the Word of God, we need to understand uh, that every time Jesus came into contact with people no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation was. There was freedom uh, that came into their lives. There was liberty that came into their lives. They were set free from whatever was holding them and binding uh, their lives. And this was uh, a designation. This was uh, something that identified uh, the Son of God uh, with mankind. In the Gospel of Luke, again in chapter 13, in verse 11, it says, And behold, there was a woman who for 18 years had a sickness caused by a spirit, and she was bent double and could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed From your sickness, and he laid his hands upon her, and immediately she was made straight again and began to glorify God. You see, this morning, uh, as Jesus was reading the scrolls to uh, the the religious folks there in the synagogue, what he was saying was that when I come in contact with people uh, there now, they are able to be set free if they want that freedom, if they want that liberty. And we have the account of this woman who was sick, who was bent over. She, she was in pain, I'm sure, and in, as soon as she came into contact with Jesus, a freedom came into his life. There can only be true freedom uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, because his name represents uh, authority, represents uh, God's kingdom here on earth. And in Mark chapter 16, and in verse 17 and 19, it says these signs will accompany those who believe. Do we have any believers here this morning? Yes, we do. What does it say about you and I, those who believe? It says that they will, not might, not maybe, Possibly, but it says, they will cast out demons in my name. And they will speak uh, new languages. Uh, They will be able to place their hands uh, on the sick and uh, heal them. You see, this is uh, what you and I as believers uh, God has made available for us uh, to be involved with uh, and to help people uh, who are bound, who are sick, uh, who are hurting, and who need answers for their lives. Guess what? You have the answer. You have the ability to pray for people, to believe God, uh, and to let them know about what? the good news of a risen Savior. He said, I came to preach not bad news, uh, not wrong news, but good news uh, that uh, people can be set free from whatever it is uh, that is holding them back. And so you see this morning, what Jesus was saying to those folks in the synagogue. What he was trying to relate to them was that uh, the kingdom of God was more than just uh, a piece of paper with writing on it. The kingdom of God was more than just coming to a place uh, and listening to someone speak uh, the word of God. The kingdom of God is more than just singing some songs uh, and clapping your hands uh, and worshiping uh, and praising. But the kingdom of God involves action, involves uh, speaking and touching people's lives uh, and bringing uh, healing and delivering to them. The miracles of God, Jesus was trying to relate to them, are within our Reach the supernatural is within our reach. In Matthew, Jesus said, verse chapter 12 and in verse 28, He said, But if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. Let me ask you a question. When you hear the phrase or the words the kingdom of God, what comes to your mind what immediately comes to your mind? What do you think of? When you hear the words, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. Do you think of a place up beyond the stars in the heavens? Do you think of something that you read about in in, in the Bible? What do you think about when you hear the words the kingdom of God? And where do you think the kingdom of God is? A lot of times we disassociate ourselves with the kingdom of God. Now we know earlier what I read, that as believers the signs that will follow us and the works that will follow those who believe in the word of God. And Jesus said, if these things happen, then the kingdom of God has arrived amongst you. In Matthew chapter 4. And in verse 17, it says that from time to time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what Jesus was saying to to those who were listening and to you and I this morning, don't limit yourselves, don't limit what's going on in your life. When you tell somebody about the love of God. When you pray for somebody for them to get healed. Don't limit to what is going on around you and in your life. Too many times we think, oh, it's just another prayer. I'm just leading someone to the Lord. I'm just laying hands on somebody for them to get healed. Oh, it's just another sermon. Somebody is preaching. No, let me tell you what's going on when you pray for people, when you witness to people, when you lay hands on people. You know what's happening? The kingdom of God is happening right there within you and your life. And too many times uh, we minimize what God has called us to do. We minimize the miracle that's taken place when we witness to our family members, when we go into the highways and the byways and we talk to people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus says the kingdom of God is within reach, not only of us here today, those who believe, but then it's within reach of those who don't know Jesus Christ, like this woman who was bent over doubled. Jesus brought the kingdom of God into her life, and the the result was a miracle that took place. This morning, it's our responsibility, yours and mine as Christians, to make sure that people know about God's miracle-working power, and that it is available to them It is within their reach. But how will they know unless, uh, as the scripture says, someone is sent? How will they hear the good news unless someone goes out and speaks to them? And what that says to you and I, you don't have to be ordained to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. You don't have to have a preacher's license uh, to go preach in the streets or tell somebody that God loves them or even to pray for somebody to be healed. Why? Because the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, It's within your reach that God has given you the ability to tap in uh, to God's power and uh, anointing. That is the identifier of who we are as the people of, Of God, more than just carrying a Bible, more than just using the right phraseology and using the right words when it comes to talking about God, but it is something that is an action, who we are. It identifies us. John the Baptist in the Gospel of Luke chapter 7. He's in jail. And he's having a tough time trying to figure out who Jesus is. He's, he's trying to figure out what, why he came and what's going on. And so he sends his disciples to find out and to talk to Jesus. Hey, what's up? Who are you? What, what are you doing? What's your purpose here? And so Jesus speaks to his disciples, John the Baptist's disciples, and he sends them back. And in verse 22 of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, Jesus, says, Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard that the blind see and the lame walk and the lepers are healed and cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. Then the poor have the gospel preached to them. What was Jesus saying to to, to John the Baptist's disciples? I'll tell you what he was saying. What he was saying is when you see these things taking place, all these works happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near you and the Son of God is working for God the Father, bringing the kingdom of God here to earth in your presence. And you see, this morning... We need to let the people of this world know that we're not just talking about religion. We're not just talking about a sect uh, or just a type of belief. But we're talking about the creator of heaven and of earth, uh, Jehovah Jireh, who can provide uh, whatever is necessary for miracles and people to be healed, whatever infirmity that they're dealing with. And Jesus is relating miracles, deliverance, healing, and preaching of the gospel to the kingdom of God. So when an outreach is called, oh, another outreach, uh uh-uh. uh. What you need to think about, the kingdom of God has taken place. When it comes time to pray for people and lay hands on them, oh, Another altar call. No, the kingdom of God is happening at that altar. When it comes time to witnessing to your family, oh, I'm just going to share the gospel with them. No, don't minimize it. What you need to do is say, no, I'm going to bring the kingdom of God to my family and let them know who Jesus is. That's what we do. And this is what Jesus wanted uh, the folks here that he was talking to, to understand. Uh, It's not just a reading of some words. uh, It's not just coming into a place and, and, and having a religious experience. But it's the kingdom of God that is taking place. Understand and realize that whenever you stand for God, whenever Wherever we are, we have been commissioned by the Word of God, each and every single one of us, to pray for the sick and to take authority over the kingdom of darkness. And this is why Jesus came to us. And this is why He brought uh, the good news to uh, the people who are hurting, those uh, who are searching This is why he commissioned the twelve. In Luke chapter 4 and then in verse 43 Jesus said I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also because that is why I was sent. What comes into your mind when you hear the words the kingdom of God? I hope that from now on When this service is over, every time you read the scripture or you think about the kingdom of God, you think about yourself and you think about God's uh, responsibility that he's given to you to pray, to speak, uh, and uh, to touch people for the kingdom of God. That's why we've been called. That's why we've been born again and saved. Don't you thank God for the grace of God, for being born again, for being saved? Not just so that we can, gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy. I need more, more, more. I want more, more, more. But what can I do for you? How can I help you? How can I pray for you? What do you need? I want to help you. You see, people will know that the kingdom of God is within reach. Because they'll have no doubt when they see the signs following that we are praying for people, that we are touching people's life for the kingdom of God. You see what it is when you think about the kingdom of God and uh, the signs that follow? Jesus in his presence, his Holy Spirit is here, but he's not here physically. So who is here physically? Who? You. Look around you. You. So you are the tool. You are the vessel that God uses for the signs and wonders and miracles. So what is God saying? God is saying, if you make yourself available, then I will bring the kingdom of God at hand to you, and you can represent me, and you will see signs and wonders and miracles begin to happen. It's the power of God working in and through the ordinary, you and me. How many know we are just ordinary people? Do we have any special people here today, aside from our first time guests, who I are none that are here this morning? Is there anybody else who thinks they are special? No, we are just plain ordinary hymns and herms, right? Ladies and germs, ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's who we are. <laughs> Nothing special about us. And so the kingdom of God is just simply God's supernatural power working in and through ordinary folks like you and I to accomplish what? Extraordinary deeds for His honor and His glory. That we can rise above what we could do by ourselves and on our own ability and begin to move in God's supernatural power and ability. That's the kingdom of God. That's what happens when you witness. That's what happens when you pray for people. That's what happens uh, when you start to represent the kingdom of God. It's the supernatural mending in uh, to the natural. And God says, uh, I will be there in your midst. Man, that's powerful. That we can go beyond who we are, beyond uh, our own talents and our own natural ability and begin to be uh, a part of God's supernatural kingdom. Miracles begin to happen. If you're born again, how many know you're a miracle? Look around you. There are miracles here this morning. If you're born again, you're a miracle. I think about Moses on the mountain uh, and that scrubby old bush that was there on the mountain where fire began to come out and the voice of God began to speak. Uh, God supernaturally working uh, in something that is ordinary. God has the ability to do that and desires to do that. I think of one of those five smooth stones uh, that David pulled out of his bag uh, as uh, he put it into his uh, slingshot and he he threw it against uh, that giant's forehead. What was that? An ordinary, just smooth stone, uh, supernaturally empowered by the miracle working power of God that knocked that giant down. That's God working through the ordinary. I think about just some loaves and fishes, ordinary bread and nothing special about those fish, but yet God used it to do what? To work a miracle and to multiply to be able to be glorified and meet the needs of people. That's you and I this morning like the fish, like the bread, like that bush, like that stone, we are just ordinary people. God can take beyond ourselves and begin to do miracles and see wonders begin to take place for the kingdom of God. Do you believe that this morning? That's who you are. When people ask, oh, what do you do? Who are you? What do you believe? I'm a, I'm a Christian. Okay? Okay. No, say it with authority. I'm a Christian. Kingdom of God works in me. Kingdom of God works through me. What do you need? I want to pray for you. What's what's going on? I can help you. God can help you through me. Not that we're now going to turn into, you know, these spooky things. Being able to leap buildings on a single bound and that stuff. But just ordinary people, everyday people going to your job going to going to the market going on an outreach wherever you go guess what the kingdom of god is there with you signs and wonders are going to be able to take place and that's what we need to understand our signs and wonders god can work through our lives people are hungry for the supernatural aren't they it's why you see all the palm reading things around you know restaurants closed down uh, businesses close down, all, you know, clothing places, food places, you know, car places, everybody closes down. But you, have you ever seen a, a, a palm reader close down? They're still in business. The one over here on Firestone is still in business. The one by my house is still in business. And I guarantee you all the other ones are still in business. Why? Because people are hungry for the supernatural. They want something that goes beyond their thinking, and beyond their way of understanding. That's why there's so much interest in the occult, the paranormal. It is Satan's method of attracting people to himself. But we know he's a liar. He does, he's a deceiver. He mimics. He is a mimicker, a copier. They say the, the greatest form of flattery is someone that copies and that mimics what you are doing. So when somebody copies what you're doing, don't get angry, don't get mad. Say, thank you. Because they're flattering you. When they do things the way you do them, praise God, it means they're flattering you. And the devil is a liar, and he tries to mimic what God does, but with the wrong authority and the wrong power. You see, signs and wonders is what is meant to follow you and I as believers. It has to do with the kingdom of God. The word wonder, it means to marvel. Have you ever wondered at something? You look and how do you get that up there? I wonder, how does that work? You know? And what you're doing is you're marveling. It's a source of astonishment. It's meant to draw attention. That's what a wonder is. And when signs and wonders take place, when we stand for the kingdom of God, as Jesus did, it's meant to draw attention to God's love, to God's mercy, to God's grace and His miracle-working power. That's what signs and wonders are supposed to do. Someone said that divine healing is God's dinner bell to salvation. Think about that. That when we pray for folks, that's what happened uh, to, to people when they saw Jesus. When they saw the miracles that he worked, then they saw that and then began to question what's going on and begin to respond uh, to his message. Miracles begin to advertise and begin to bring people to a place of astonishment to where they want to know more. It's a banner. Just like the banners we have out in front. Fireworks. What do they do? They're meant to draw attention and to let people know we're not selling donuts. We're not selling cars. We're not not selling clothes. We're selling fireworks because that's what it says. And when we stand for God and we begin to preach the good news of Jesus Christ and we begin to tell people we're here and the kingdom of God is here, miracles can begin to take place, Uh, signs and wonders can begin to happen. In Mark 16, 17, these signs will accompany or follow those who believe in verse 20 it says, Disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked with them, confirming, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. See, signs and wonders are a confirmation of the message that we preach. It's the bottom line. Miracles are a confirmation of the gospel that we preach. Philip's translation says, the Lord worked with them, confirming their message of eternal salvation. let lets people know this is real. God is real. Nicodemus was having a problem. He was wondering what was going on in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, and in verse 2, it says, After dark one evening, a Jewish religious leader named Nicodemus, a Pharisee, came to speak with Jesus. This is what he said. Teacher! He said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. How did Nicodemus know? How did he finally find out that Jesus was sent from God? This is what he said. Your miraculous signs are proof enough that God is with you. You see, this morning, people need to know that God is with us. People need to know that God is with us. How do they know that God is with us? Here in the scripture it says, when these signs and wonders follow you, that is a sure sign the kingdom of God is at hand and God is in the house. God is there with you. John 4, 48, Jesus said to him, none of you will ever believe unless you see miracles and wonders as our worship team makes their way up here this morning. I preach this message because we're going to have a healing altar call. I wanted to lay a foundation for you here this morning because I know that there are people who are in need of a miracle in your life. You have family members who are in need of miracles in their lives. You have friends who are in need of a miracle in their lives. And this morning, God has chosen you to be the hands, as we know, and the feet, and the tool and the vessel that God wants to use to proclaim the good news of a risen savior, but to verify that message uh, through signs and wonders and through miracles. And what better way to start off that ministry that God has called us all to, the gifting that God can use us to be a part of, to pray for those who are sick, to those who are bound, To those who are hurting. No matter what physical, spiritual aspect they may be dealing with. It's a confirmation of the message that Jesus spoke there in Nazareth. That the spirit of the Lord was upon him to preach the good news to the poor. And to bring sight to the blind and to see the dead raised. confirmation of the message that you and I have this morning so as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed